0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry Podcast featuring DaVenture Jordan. As always, your host, Brandon, and DaVenture, we are here with a new story. Uh, I think we put this on the social media graphic that we're going to be having him on. Maybe not, right? This might be one of two bonus episodes that we threw in towards Mm -hmm. the end, but we have a new perspective on the athlete journey that we really haven't been able to touch yet, which is exciting.
1: Well, yeah, Chris Chambers, man. I'm excited to have Chris on finally after... Some mm-hmm. Scheduled moments. Um, I've known Chris for about a decade now. Um, he is a, uh, it's funny how I know Chris. I used to play with him in the video games, NFL Blitz and Madden, and all these other games. And, you know, I had the chance to be a part of a business venture that he had started up. And then we just kind of kept the relationship. And now he's working with us, man, to make Game Face a national brand down in Florida. Um, and I'm excited to have Chris on because I think he's going to give a lot of perspective to current players, players who people who want to be future NFL players and people who are just going through the process of just transitioning from the NFL to real life. So welcome, Chris. Thank you for coming on. Yep. Thanks for having me, fellas.
0: All right. Well, I think where we want to kind of take this is, is, is really actually kind of the height. We're going to skip ahead right to the height of your career. Um, yep. you were, you were in Miami, Mr. South Florida playing for the dolphins, um, kind of what was like the lead up to, to that point in your career where, um, you get named to the, the pro bowl. Is it, I apologize. I am embarrassingly not educated. Football.
2: <laughs> that's why, that's why you got it. Right. though. Uh, you know, so obviously I went to the university of Wisconsin. Um, I had an opportunity to play absolutely my badges. I love them. Uh, it, it was just, you're, uh, you're right, uh, yeah. We I, tried to, yeah, you
0: know, tried I, I, to skip I, I, it, and he got I, it You're in. not
2: skipping it. You're not skipping that. Nope, nope. The Border War is the one. I've never lost the Axe for all my Minnesota people out there, just to let you guys know that. But uh, it, it was just outstanding just coming from that university, Barry Alvarez, everything that came with it, man. And uh, we were one of the cornerstones of that entire run for the last 25, 30 years. And uh, I got an opportunity to play, uh, get drafted to the Miami Dolphins in 2001. And uh, it was just an outstanding experience to go from Cleveland, Ohio, from where I, where I was born and raised, to the University of Wisconsin, 40,000, 50,000 students, you know, 4 or 5% minorities, uh, immersed in that culture, and then come all the way to South Florida uh, was just amazing experience for me, and um, so my journey—it's—it's uh, a lot, you know. So we, we can skip ahead definitely to, we, to when I got to some of my height of my career, uh, but it always kept building as I go. I was the rookie of the year for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I got a chance to start. Uh, I think actually my first game I started was against Minnesota Vikings, I believe. Uh, <laughs> no, actually it was it was Indiana Colts, and uh, I got started by default. Uh, one of the players got hurt. And uh, I was able to kind of jump in there. And uh, I never left the field since then. And uh, my career just continued to gradually come on. And uh, throughout the years, I I was the number one receiver here. Throughout all the um, turbulence that was going on, different coaches, Mm -hmm. uh, different Mm -hmm. players, different quarterbacks. Fellas, I played with 11 quarterbacks. Um, So I've always, you know, was the type of person that can play with any quarterback that the team required or had on us. And I was always able to make plays throughout that, that tenure there. Um, fast forward to the height of my career in 2005, uh, my, my good friend and, and Coach North Turner, uh, who's, who was the co- officer coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys during the years when they had Emmitt Smith and they had um, Michael Irvin and they won championships like that. Uh, I was able to play up under his offense. And that's where I felt like I started to blossom uh, because he was a down-the-field guy. Uh, as you know, it's all about the, the player and the offensive scheme that kind of goes together. And that was kind of a scheme that went very well for my game. I was extremely mm-hmm. athletic. Um, I was able to do a lot of things, acrobatic things on the field for as long as I know I've been able to do some of these things. And, uh, and I had my first, you know, thousand-yard year that year, uh, which was under Nick Saban. And uh, those wow, are people who Nick probably Saban. don't even know this. Yeah, this is pe- a lot of people do not know this, especially the younger generation. Yes, Nick Saban was an NFL uh, coach, but he was an NFL head coach for the Miami Dolphins for a couple years. And I got a chance to play up under him uh, when I was young. And uh, it, it was just a great moment being, being a part of uh, his regime. Um, we had good teams, but he fastly went to Alabama and that's when he started his run there and some of the other stuff he was able to do. Uh, but I had my best years up, up under him. Uh, I played with, you know, some of the greatest players in the NFL, like Ricky Williams, Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Sam Madison. I mean, here's our friend or pro bowl players. Uh, playing in Miami. Uh, It was just an unbelievable feeling to be able to do that. So I did that for for six years, um, got traded to the San Diego Chargers, and uh, that was a a weird type of situation because you think you're, like you said, Mr. Miami. uh, You have all these accolades. You're doing your your thing. Uh, I remember being at home with my son, who was just born, and uh, we were literally O and seven, fellas. We was O and seven, <laughs> and uh, I was wanted to go to O and sixteen. But I know if I want a team, we're gonna win. I'm gonna win a game by myself, right. you know. At some point, point. Uh, it, it didn't happen. And uh, I got traded away to San Diego. Uh, there was a lot of like boohooing, it was crying. Uh, if you've been somewhere for six or seven years, right, you right. know, so, so you know it was on my off day, so no players were there. And uh, going into that door. Everybody I seen, I just start crying, you know, just like, you know, crazy, crazy feeling. And uh, to be traded for a second-round pick, um, you know, it really did a lot for me. But then my trip from Miami to San Diego, I started thinking like, hmm, Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Thomason, Sean Merriman, Antonio Crosby. This is a great team. This is an absolutely great opportunity for me. And I get to go from Miami to San Diego. Like, who does that?
0: It's like you he has know. a warm weather clause in his contract or something. <laughs>
2: LeBron. He's LeBron. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I got a chance to play there. And uh, until then, I didn't play in a pro uh, – excuse me, I didn't play in a playoff. And uh, and so, they brought me in, and I got a chance to start with that team. And, you know, obviously, I've been a number one receiver. And then coming over to a place like San Diego, you have Antonio Gates, who's the number one receiver. You have Vincent Jackson. You know, rest in peace to him, who's, who, who was the number two receiver at the time. So I just fit very well. Um, and it went well playing with Danian and, and those guys. And we, that same year, I go from being traded to go to being the um, one of the top players on the team. But at the same time, we made the playoffs. Uh, we beat Peyton, Peyton Manning. Uh, going into there, we got a chance to play uh, Tom Brady, who was with New England and Randy Moss. They were literally 16-0. and 0. <laughs> We played like 17-0. <laughs> and 0 and uh, and I had a chance to just experience that. And we're one game away. We made it all the way to the AFC Conference uh, Championship game. We're one game away from the Super Bowl. And that's the closest I ever had a chance to to go to the Super Bowl. I made some playoffs after that, um continue to play my career in San Diego, end up leaving San Diego, getting cut and going to Kansas City. And then uh, from Kansas City, I got my opportunity to go into my post career.
1: man, so let's let's back up. I'm gonna back up a bit. Yeah. So yep, from Cleveland, uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. guys drafted in the second round. So you participated in the combine. Yes. So you, you, and we'll speed up to this in a little bit and playing in the NFL, do you think all this stuff has changed now being a part of it? Like the combine, um, playing in the NFL, do you think it's changed dramatically from when you played? Absolutely. Cause back then one thing, it wasn't
2: on TV. All right. So there wasn't no TV. There wasn't no hoopla around it. There, there was no social media, obviously none of those things. Um, when I was coming out, a lot of the juniors, um, Reggie Wayne, um, Santana Moss, these guys were, were young then, but they didn't participate in the combines. So my, my agent at the time said, you know what, Chris, uh, Reggie's not participating. This guy's not participating and this guy. okay. Like, I don't think you should participate because that was all way shown upon. That was like, if you go there and mess up, then your stock is going to go down. Wait right. for your pro day. Everybody to come to you, you feel comfortable in your building, um, all those good things. So I, I, I really, uh, I was ready to go. Now, we didn't have training facilities like Game Face. We didn't have training programs like Game Face back then. You right. might have been one or two in the in the country that was doing that, but I had no idea. Mostly everybody back then stayed at their school and they trained at their school. And their, their uh, strength conditioning coach put on a two or three hour session to get guys ready. So I was ready. Uh, fellas the year before they used to let the juniors run um in the pro day. Um so I ran in the pro day. They only can run the 40. I ran a 429. 429 my first run oh, and uh I remember everybody just being shocked looking at their watches and they just literally shut me down. It's like Chris that's it. You're done. Just just go over there. You don't have <laughs> don't to run no juice. more. Get some Gatorade. You're done. <laughs> no 5105.
0: You're not catching anything like the doing statement nothing. has been made.
2: Statement was made by junior here that literally put me on the map because you got to understand. I went to the University of Wisconsin, I played with Ron Dane, who at the time broke the NCAA record for the that. most rushes. So, guess what? Who was blocking out there? I was blocking, blocking my butt off when I got <laughs> well. I just remember my uh my visit to Wisconsin. It's like, man, if you don't block, you don't play. Period. If you don't block, you don't play. But so always baby. got to, yeah, Big 10. Big 10 was the, the physical. Uh, type of nature it had the fullbacks had the tight ends uh, we blocked we wore the big shoulder pads I mean it was just uh it was crazy and uh so I got a chance to to, to do a lot of things when it when it came to that uh lost my thought there uh, go ahead the
1: so you think that the game is evolving you think it's you know taking a step back from so many athletes trying to participate to the combine yeah you think that yeah you know what I mean
2: yeah, no, I got it. I got it back. Yeah, exactly. So uh, once again, I, I trained at the school because we didn't get a chance to go to training facilities like Game Face around the country. Um, I was completely prepared when it came to the bench press, uh, the 40, you know, some of the drills, um, all that. I was great. The only the thing that I was not prepared for, I wasn't prepared for the media training. I wasn't prepared for the Wunderlich stuff. And I was not prepared. The biggest thing for the on-field football drills. For whatever reason, I thought I could just, like, not do football stuff and go to the combine and automatically start catching footballs from everybody. So it was a very uh, um, unrealistic situation. Um, You know, the lights were in Indianapolis. It just was weird. And I I felt like I didn't have a a good enough combine during that time. And I felt like my stock may have have dropped some during that time. And I did not run either. Remember, I just ran a 4.29 the year before. Now, what if I would have came back and run another 49 in front of all the coaches and the scouts? I did not do it. He didn't even let me bring my cleats. I didn't even bring my uh, cleats. I was so – I just felt so explosive. Remember, I, I jumped, though. So, I jumped a 45-inch. I have the third all-time uh, uh, vertical jump. So, I was explosive. D, I was ready to go. Like, I, I was looking like, man, I'm about to grab somebody cleats. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to run this 40. I'm going no, to post Let me borrow those. And you, you, you know in performance, when you peak, that's it. Right. You peak. You know, right. I felt like I was at peak performance, but then I had to wait two weeks for my pro day. Um, and, and just all the interviews and the meetings and everything, it was so draining. I was just so happy to be a, a – to be done with it. But then I went into my pro day. I got an opportunity to, to do what I needed to do there. I ran a 4 um, 3 I did all my drills and stuff like that. And uh, I was able to pick up and do better as I went forward.
1: You know, the thing about, you, you touched something, you said something very, very, very crucial that I don't think a lot of people even understand is that when you were ready to go test, you were at peak performance. And I think that's, that's the thing that we want to get our guys at, right? When they go to the combine, go to the pro day, they're, they're, they're at their peak and they're they're like primed already like a motor, right? So they're ready just to perform their best. And I think so many people have lost that mm-hmm. in this day and age with overtraining, not training enough. And and you see so many guys that's getting hurt in the field right now today, you know, because yep. they don't do the little things and train like an athlete. They're not working on proper cell, They're not working on a load plank, right? They're not doing the proper lifts. You know, they're out there, you know, we've had conversations about this just doing – what they want to do instead
2: of what they need to do. Yeah, no, you, you're definitely right. And uh, for me, you know, I, I had a track background. Um, I was extremely hard worker. I had great work ethic. I came from the University of Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez. So I had some things instilled in me that maybe some other guys didn't have in them. And every offseason, I got back with my guys, and I did track workouts. I did fundamental yep. stuff. I went all the way back to the fundamentals. Now, yes. it's not like it was because you didn't have these performance facilities. So you almost had to wait until you were you went back to your team, you know, uh, late March. Um, now they let the guys stay all the way to April, off season. But now you had to go late March. That's when you start getting back in shape. You know, it's kind of a slow roll for two or three weeks, and then you'll go to, to have the draft and you have mini camp. So you all had right. time to kind of get in shape. Um, nowadays, you got to go back in shape. You got to go back ready to go. You got to make sure that you have guys outside of the the, the training facility, a whole separate team. Your performance coach, your football specialist. Your medical, which is absolutely the biggest uh, part of, of any to me, uh, the medical integration, the biggest part of any athlete uh, long term development, is to be able to have that in the back pocket. But at the same time, you got to know who all these different people are. You know, you got to build that team, and you it takes some time to find the right people. Yeah, Once I found true. the right medical specialists, we were good. I was flying them in and out of town. You know, I was always doing what I needed to do. He kept me healthy. I never really got hurt. How much were you really spent? You spend- I spent. I was spending a, a good amount. Now, you know, sometimes your insurance, you know, obviously you're in a league, you got good insurance, so you're able to kind of do some things. But if you're talking about flying the guy out, leaving his practice in South Florida, flying him to San Diego, flying him to Kansas City, flying in different places, just so him so he can work on you for, you know, an hour or two to, to give you that much. <laughs> I don't even know if y'all can see this. That much advantage on, on game day. Um, I felt like, yeah, I felt like it worked very well for me and, um, you know, he always kept my body in line and I was able to do what I needed to do. So I found the right person. I held on to him and that's why I was able to have the, the career I had because I understood that side, um, of the, of your, of your, um, professional ability to be able to do those
1: things. Wow.
0: So with that, it kind of sounds like you had to figure out a lot of stuff on your own. Um, yep. I don't know how yep. much, you know, your strength and conditioning staff at, at your team's gave you kind of guidance, whether it's your agent, I guess, did you, ha- did you feel like you had kind of a roadmap or for success or was it kind of on you as an, as a professional to just know what needed to be done so you could perform the team didn't really care what you did. They just needed you ready yeah. once a week essentially. And it yeah. was on you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Cause you know, with the team, they're just really there for your condition, strength and condition. That's why they call them strength and conditioning coaches. I mean, if you want to want to be at a, at your best you need a performance specialist <laughs> what the yeah. venture is doing that's what you need now luckily my buddy Conroy white who went to school with me he turned into a performance coach he had a big track background so every off season i went to him we, we didn't go to no facility we went to the park you know we went to the park we went to schools we went to places that you know to be able to get that type of format and then always once we were done with minicamp in the summers i always did four weeks of speed training four weeks of speed training leading up into training camp now take like a week off before uh you know vacay and just get my mind off of things and then go into training camp but that all would propel me and i was able to hold my speed for many many years mm-hmm. just because I, I had a good formula of what did i want to do in the off season mm-hmm.
0: wow well obviously that ties into a lot of things because now we're yeah. trying to build a the the tools and the resources that you didn't have which is kind of like you know, bridging the gap between your playing career and, and the end of your career, because it's like, now you're realizing, and this happens, right? I think like our parents pass on information to us because they live something like, Oh, Hey, don't do that. Like I will help burn things because you've lived it. And you, then you get to love it and you look around and you're like, Oh, this person did this that I didn't even know was around now we're in this position. Same thing, DaVinci. You you played. It's like these are the things that we're missing. Let's go build them and put them out there so that the athlete journey is much more holistic and comprehensive. Versus, in the in the not so distant past, it was the only ability that mattered. Most time was availability because you just if you got injured, you're done. There's right. there's ten yep. people in line. Like you're. Yep.
1: Out. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. And I, I just think that people nowadays in this day and age, it's just overcomplicated. You know, it's just I believe that we need to keep it simple, stupid, right? Before the 40 has never changed from the time that Chris has done it till today. It's just how you yep. apply it and how you teach it, you know? Um, the 510-5, the same thing. I think you have mm-hmm. so many different things that people offer now that social media is a great thing, but it's also one of those tools that if you read too much into it, it, it'll mess you up. It'll mess you up. I've seen guys pull half frames that, Pro days and combines. I've seen guys that's who thought they were fast because they, they were hyped up. I've seen guys not show up for training. It, and it just, even now, it's just, it turns into a bad, bad recipe for disaster.
0: So then, Chris, this kind of talks about your transition. So you said you had a hip injury, knocked you yep. out of the league. You're just no, no longer able to perform at the maximum level of athleticism that the NFL requires um, did you were you able to take a couple years off, kind of get yourself right physically before you decided what to yep. do, and kind of like, uh, what did you what did you look around at potentially doing post NFL?
2: That is a great question. I had zero plans. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought I was going to play in the NFL for as long as I wanted, so I didn't even think about you know any future, any post career, anything because uh, I, I got injured. I had no idea what the injury is. Um, I didn't get to support from the team. I didn't go like get an x-ray. I didn't get an MRI. These now these things. I'm like older. I'm like, man, why did I go get an MRI? I probably could They probably could have showed something. I probably could have got some cartilage, uh, you know, put in or whatever. I, I could have had a, a replay, whatever I needed to do to continue my career. So I basically played the whole season, um, bone on bone, uh, has an arthritic hip, arthritic hip. Just, just like this, the whole season. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm not as explosive anymore. I, I just don't feel the same. And so then after the season, my agent said, hey, you need to go to a specialist. Um, so I went to a, a specialist, Dr. Brian Kelly. Um, he has a whole wing uh, at the hospital in New York just for hips. And I went there. He took my x-rays, my MRIs. He was like, hey, you have no more cartilage in your hip. There's nothing you can do. Now, if you're off the lineman, you might can play, but your career is done just like that right after my season. I, I mean, I could not believe it. And, uh, and from there, it was like, okay, I, there's gotta be something I could do. So I'm on, I'm on the internet. I'm looking for all these like contraptions. Cause they have these contraptions uh, overseas that can uh, alleviate the pain in that area, the way they kind of wrap it up. We didn't have an ECO and all that stuff back then. So it was some similar stuff. So I went and bought some of that stuff. And I was like, man, what am I going to do with, you know, with my career? So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give it another shot. I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to get I'm going to uh, get some contraptions. so I started to train again. Um by this time the team did not know I had this injury, guys. So I and on top of that, we are in a lockout, all right? So we're in a lockout after the season. We didn't get off the lockout all the way into August. You know these deals get done like the last hour. So we we didn't we so t- I didn't see the team the entire off all right? So then I got back. Uh, I think they're planning to Kansas kind of City, already This, this was in Kansas City. Oh, yes, okay, this right, is in right. Kansas City. And uh, I, I ended up getting back and uh, they, they released me and I kind of knew it was coming cause I didn't really have to receive the season that I thought I was going to have. Uh, you know, I was coming in on third downs, which is like, you know, it's crazy to me. Uh, I was the most experienced player on the team because I had some playoff experience the year before with San Diego and we had a young team. We had a good team, a young team. And um, you know, and then that was just pretty much it, you know, for, for my career and I was like, man, do I, do I really want to hang it up and, and uh, keep going? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start training again. I'm going to get back. I got this contraction. I'm going to get myself ready. So I started to train, and uh, I was getting calls. And uh, I didn't know if they were going to come through. And I remember this like yesterday. So then I stopped training. All right, I stopped training. I was like, you know what? That's it. I started to look into performance. Uh, I started to look into some of the other things, like post-career, like kind of what do I want to do with my life? And uh, I got a call from San Francisco. And San Francisco said, we're going to come in and bring you in for a workout. So we're going to bring you in. So it was me, uh, T.J. Husmanzada. Some of you guys might know him. It was yeah. uh, Brian Brian Finneran, uh, yeah. You know, So it was like these old like receivers, <laughs> like 10, 11-year-old, 11-year uh, receivers, all trying out for San Francisco 40, uh, 49ers. And I want to say Jim Harbaugh may have been the coach back then. Um, and so they brought us in. And uh, my dumb self, I'm sorry to say that, but I went to work out the venture. The day before, I didn't work out for two to three weeks. I went, I knew I was going to, damn, I got to go to the gym. I got to go do, I got to do something, dude. And then I had to fly from Miami all the way to the West Coast, San Francisco. That's a four or four. I had nothing. I was so sore. I was so sore. I was doing squats. I was doing just Uh, stupid stuff. Just like, uh, just stupid. Just, I didn't have a guy like you to tell me, like, All Chris, right. no, you need to do some mobility. You need no. to go Hit get the elliptical for
0: 30 minutes. <laughs> get on the fly.
2: <laughs> go. I, did, I, I, right, smile, I did not man. do it. Not yes, I did not do it. Yes. No. So I got there, and we had to get up, like, cracking at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning for this tryout. And uh, I was feeling sore. And I was like, huh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I went out there. Uh, they had us race. Uh I came in, like, third or fourth. It was like 10 guys out there. So we had to race a 40. Yeah, they had to oh, race a 40. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was done. You know, I, I'm a competitor. So, you know, I was, I was catching the ball. I was doing some things. But my body hurt so bad after that that I knew myself that that was it. I was like, you know what? That's it, bro. That's it. I can't do this no more. My leg is about literally fall off. And uh, there's nothing else I can do. And then that was my last opportunity in the NFL. And that's when I was like, okay, now I want to look into what
1: I want to do post-career. Yeah. So yeah, you want me keep to keep going Yep, yep, yep. How did you how did you end up getting into a performance? Like yep. so many things you probably could have done financial advising, you could yep. be like a coach. Yep, you could yep. Have done so yep. many different
2: things. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't nothing that was on my radar, to be to be honest with you. I got approached by D1 sports training. Uh, when they first started. Um, they were starting to like identify guys in certain markets and uh, they had paying Manny at the time. I think he was maybe in a Tennessee market. You know, they were just looking for different guys. Tim Timbo, T Timbo was like in the flow, whatever. They would just try to find guys in these different markets. And I was one of the guys, the owner of the Miami Dolphins name is, was Wayne Hadzinga. Wayne Hadzinga is the entrepreneur of the world back then. He started Blockbuster. He started yeah. Waste. It's Blockbuster, y'all. Blockbuster. He sold it. He started Waste Management. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sold it. You know, he just, yes, he he had deep, deep pockets back then. But he was a hands-off owner. He had a buddy named Mark Geddes who was like his right-hand man. And Mark Geddes, for a whole year, did research on sports performance, particularly youth performance. I knew Mark Geddes through another friend named our comrade who was in financial uh, services doing it. He was my financial advisor at the time. And uh, he was like, man, you want to get into sports? Uh... After I listened to D1, I was like, oh, I can do this myself. I can do this myself. I'm in Chris Chambers um, in South Florida. I love working with athletes. You know, I'm a tri athlete. You know, I just, I just felt great about me doing it myself instead of taking somebody else's blue book and doing doing everything. so they had a book 100 some pages fellas of everything that you need to know, the perfect game plan uh, to be able to um, to do this this business venture. So I basically hired the guy Geddes, who, who uh, Wayne Hazinga was gonna roll out 300 of these locations, uh, particularly possibly with D1. I don't know if I'm giving you information, but this was a long time ago uh, back then because they were looking to put, to put the money into them to be able to roll out all these locations, 300 y'all across the country. So they had That's the so vision right. to, 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 yes, to, to be able to do it. He put a pin in it. He didn't want to do it, but they were sitting with the, the, the blueprint, the business plan. So then I took I took the business plan. And then from there, uh, I just started shopping around, looking for training facilities. And um was pretty much doing it myself for the most part. You know, I had the money to be able to do it. Um, myself now, obviously, would have went out and raised the money easily. Back then, my name was so hot, I could have easily got that uh, but I was like, you know, I'm doing it myself. I had the money in the bank. I'm going to go ahead and, um, you know, build it out. Um, so I basically took a,
1: a, a warehouse. Hold on one second. Sorry, guys, my phone was ringing. Um, I, I basically took a warehouse model, which we already know when it comes to performance,
2: that's, that's what it is. That's how you keep the overhead right. down. And I put it in a medical building, a grade A medical building. Now I had no idea I was going to do medical stuff in there during the time. Mm-hmm. I just loved the building because the building was sitting off the highway. Yep, it was in Davie, that. where I yeah, where I uh, you know where I lived at. It was in Davie where the Dolphin Training Facility was. It was in one of the best corridors in South Florida. You can get North, East, West, South very easy, very affluent area. So it made sense uh, to be able to put it in there. And uh, the guy who owned the building actually owned the field next to the building. The field had six acres, and my whole goal was like, okay, I'm gonna stay in the building for three years. And then I'm going to go next door and build my own facility from the ground up and have my own standalone facility because he's going to give me the land. I had a chance to buy this land. It was the only land on what we call 84, State Road 84. The only land pretty much there. Worth a lot. Right now it's worth a whole bunch. Uh, But back then he was giving me at a certain rate. um, And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to build it out. So the bottom of this medical building was Vanilla. I literally built my training facility from, from the bottom. It was like, a medical building, but it had all these different um I guess, these these different spaces. I basically took all the spaces out. I built me a, a you know seventy eight hundred, eight thousand square foot training facility. Um, as the venture know. I um I had all the best equipment by that time, you know, Kaiser was a really hot product by then. So I, I kid in my I was the only guy with all Kaiser equipment. I had a field right next door that you I know, rented from the guy instead I, of I, yeah I bought called,
1: yeah. You mm-hmm. were, when, I, when I got a call to come in there, Mark Ellis called me. I was just leaving yep. i yep. I had just mm-hmm. gone home. I was done with combine. And I didn't know the call. I'm like, who is this? Like, he was like, hey, are you interested, Chris? Because you had a guy in Europe at the time who wasn't there. Yep, yep. And he was like, hey, we need a guy to come in that can help kind of get this up and going. And uh, I remember walking in there. And, you know, I'm coming from, you know, 500 acres. Walking into your facility, I'm like, this has to be the most technology-driven facility I've ever seen in my life. With mm-hmm. the Kaiser, with the hypoxicol room, with the Tour de France bikes. Yeah. we so ahead of the game with what you had in that facility. Like, it blew me away. Yeah, it blew me away, yep.
2: Yeah, now you, you hit it on the head. I mean, we had all the best stuff, and we had we had the the hyposco, which basically was the altitude training. Who got altitude yeah, training? No way. <laughs> it was really, It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know what like to like do you with know, it. It, just, it looked good. It, it was, was like it was, a classic bag. <laughs> yeah, it was the most expensive <laughs> equipment I had in there. Uh, I had a med ball wall. I had uh, I had the field next door. You know, I was in the medical building, Brandon. So in the medical building, guess what? I can rent to a medical specialist. So I rented to select. Physical some therapists. I have several therapists that I come through there, um, but I was getting rent from them. And select physical therapists is like one of the biggest therapy companies uh, companies in South Florida. They have hundreds of locations across the country, and uh, so they were in there. And then I could put a Chiro in there. I could put a I could put a massage therapist in there. I had the space to do it. So the idea was definitely definitely there, but the marketing was not there. And uh, I thought people was going to come uh, because of my name, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand digital marketing. I didn't uh, back then. You had like, uh, you know, like paper marketing, like you know, mail marketing and stuff like that that you would send out and stuff. Um, and I just didn't get it. I always stayed inside the facility. That's why we we're trying to call a guy like the ventry because I needed to pull myself out of facility and be the face of this thing instead of being in the facility and working in the facility. You know, being at the front desk, you know, doing GM stuff, you know, doing operations stuff, doing you know, coaching. That was just absolutely too much for an owner to do. But I was putting a lot of weight on my chest, yeah. so I didn't have the infrastructure. Like Face has the infrastructure now, has the support, has the operations, has the performance coaches, has everything that you need. Um, so that was just a crash course for, you know, for five straight years to be able to do that. And I started to figure it out towards the end, but I had a five-year, five-year lease. And I remember my third year, my account was like, okay, Chris, <laughs> you can shut it down right now, you know, because you got three years guaranteed. You can shut it down. You can go do something else. You still have money in the bank. You have the family. And I just kept going, B. I just kept going. I was like, you know, I'm going. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this thing. I'm going, I'm going to figure it out. So I kept going for it for the last couple of years. And uh, they basically had to pull me out of that. <laughs> I had nothing left. be had to do anything. And, uh, you know, I tried to bring different guys in to help me with ownership. And I brought a, I brought a guy in. This was after DaVinci came there. DaVinci came there. He halfway didn't know what he was doing either. And we just both no, I, uh, <laughs> I know the same, but all of stuff you want me to do, I,
1: let's, let's agree <laughs> disagree.
2: <laughs> so we, it, it was a hell of a experience, man. It was, and uh, until the day, like I have so many kids, and now the kids are like either in college, you know, they were either in college now they're out of college, and they and I see them, and it's like, dude, I remember I was at chamber. I mean, I get it all the time, and now some of the guys are have pro aspirations there, and so we impacted the community so hard, and I'm so proud of that. And uh, I would not, ne- you know, if I had a chance to do it again, obviously I'd do some things different, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to make a, a huge impact. And, uh, and I tried to step away from this, this uh, whole performance thing and the sports specific thing and do other things, but it continued to bring me back. And that's why I'm here today.
1: Look, well, you know, because you just have, you have a heart for it, man. And, and and growing up, facing adversity you face in your life, and we didn't even talk about that. Like you just have a passion for people, man. You have a heart. For yep. It. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I always
2: have, man. And it started like young, younger, um, because I have uncles, you know, I didn't have a father figure. Uh, I want, I want to say father figure. My mom was a single parent, and so my uncles had to be my father figures, and my uncle's friends had to be my father figures. I've always hung around older people. I've always competed with older people. Like we go to the park. I'm 13 years old. I'm, I'm at the park. You know, you know the park back in the day. You know, blacktop you know, in the hood, you know, everybody's out there balling. I'm a 13-year-old going to get 30- and 40-year-old men every weekend, you know, Let's, so when I come uh, – yeah, go ahead.
1: we got about five more minutes. I want to speed up real quick. Okay. Go all the way up. Let's talk yep. about – because you've been around combine training. You've been at different facilities, been at different places. You've seen yep. a lot. Talk a little bit about, you know, what we're doing, you know, for a mm-hmm. combine training and why, why, we're, why we're different.
2: Yep. Yep. And so I've been in, in combine training. Uh, it always was my program. That was my baby. Um, because I had the experience, I had the knowledge, I had the contacts, uh, and all I had to do was like provide the people. So, you know, obviously having the right performance coaches, absolutely. Number one, I could not run a program without having a top performance coach that knows exactly what he's doing. That, yeah. that, that has the same similar characteristics as far as caring for the athletes. This is not a, a money thing. This is like caring for people, servicing athletes, um, and then I had to have the medical integration. Football was good. Football was easy. I call Sam Madison. I called anybody in the area to do the football, myself. Um, that was the easy part, but having a performance coach, having the medical in, uh, integration with a medical specialist, they know what they're doing, and them guys working together in a, in a, a facility that provides everything that you need so you can be a one-stop shop. We don't want to be leaving different places. i always want to create a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. So you have everything there. Your medical is there. Uh, but now when we're we're in a beautiful city like Lifetime with all the amenities, you cannot beat that. No one has a private field. No one has pools. You know, no one has the in- indoor capability. No one has a spa, right? I used to have to go like either bring a massage therapist in or we had to go to a massage therapist. I used to have to like go to a pool down the street. I used to have to go to a, a park to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. And now to be able to have that in one place, Puts us above a lot of other places. And then to be able to build a team around it with experience um, separates us from this game. And once people find out and know that, they're going to know that we're one of the best uh, training facility outfits. But when it comes to combine training, NFL draft prep, uh, we have some of the best people to be able to, just proven uh, to be able to, to uh, deliver results for every guy that comes into our. And I don't care what guy it is. Me and the Bench talk about, I, I don't care if it's a guy that's un undrafted they don't have a chance if he comes into our program we're going to maximize his ability and we're going to give him an opportunity to be seen by somebody so you know that's the, that's all ways to go you know uh we're not out here like you know super marketing to everybody in the world you know i love these natural relationship with agents with players that we've been around for the last several years that, that know what we do and care about us and to be able to build that up from the ground up and then we become a household name we hopefully you will know, have several facilities around the country. And then now we're able to do this on an even larger scale.
1: Mm. You said it better than me. I can say it. Brandon, that called it out, didn't <laughs> I mean
0: that's that's what Chambers does. That's why we brought the the big man in. Uh yeah. you know, to to drive forward um, you know, the the pro level programming. And obviously having someone like yourself who had the career that you did, um, who had the the ups and downs. And like I said, had the awareness yep. to kind of realize the gaps along the way. I think that's, what's most important. And then yeah. to, to, to drive it home, the willingness to want to change those things versus just kind of having the poor me, I didn't have this. And that's why this didn't happen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have that about you, which is, which is, so much more, I think, beneficial for the world and, and kind of the, the people that come across your path to your point, whether it's a chamber or now a game Face, um, they're going to get motivation and opportunities to, you know, to, to kind of skip those gaps or jump over them and move forward. So, um, that's, that's part of it, man. And that's what we, that's what we try to preach is that you're, everyone's got to go through hurdles and overcome stuff. Like you just got to yep. figure it out. <laughs> thankfully we yep. have all the tools you need.
2: We yeah, had all the tools you need and some of the tools that we're, we're mixing in here. Now we're talking about financial literacy with athlete LLC, you know, now we're talking about media training and social media training. So we're giving the guys tools to be, you no, know, if they don't play football or not, you're going to be successful uh, regardless. If you come up under our tool, it's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well um, yeah. By the time this goes out, we'll actually be getting really close to probably announcing the draft class. Uh, but if not, it'll be, close to just draft time in general, which will be exciting. We'll do some more media stuff out down there while you guys are there. But um, yeah, Chris, like I said, thank you for kind of just laying out as much as you did. You definitely an open book and and we appreciate that. Again, we're just trying to give athletes stories to draw from and and yours is a good one.
2: Yeah, it's outstanding. I, I felt like you guys are doing an outstanding job. I love the movement. I love being a part of the company. Uh, once again, this is nothing that I force. You know, my man gave me
1: a call and it was, it was a wrap from there, man. And, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. And, you know, and we're just connecting the dots, man. And that's it. And that's it. And that's the beautiful thing about life, right? It's not forced. we wake up every day with a purpose of mind. And you know, you never know what is going to happen. Yeah, You just be present in the moment, man. And, and it all works out. Yes, it does.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, go follow Chris, uh, you know, links in the description. Uh, let them know that you enjoyed and connect with the story. Obviously, share it with any Dolphins fans or Chargers or Chiefs fans as well, there you uh, go. as they will definitely remember the name Chambers. Uh, but Deventry, we're out. We've got more athlete stories. Thing, think we have one more surprise. I don't know yeah, if we've well, announced about then. Announce We'll keep in the back pocket, Uh, but yeah, bonus episodes in season two. Uh, It was just too much fun talking to these athletes and performance coaches and former players and things. So uh, get ready. Season three will be all about the NFL combines time. So anyways, thank you all for listening. Share it with an athlete, make their day, Uh, but we're out. We'll be back soon.